Murder at 1051 Ramsdale Drive. What happened to David Crowley, his wife, and his daughter? If this was truly a double murder-suicide, why did investigators fail to prove David Crowley guilty? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed his wife and daughter? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed himself? Within 24 hours of finding the bodies of David, Kamel, and Rania Crowley, the Apple Valley Police Department were treating the incident as a double murder-suicide. Authorities cannot prove David wrote Allahu Akbar in his wife's blood on the living room wall. Authorities cannot prove David wrote I have loved you all with all of my heart on a laptop in the kitchen. Authorities cannot prove David wrote Open the Rise most recent version Submit to Allah Now on a notepad in his office bedroom. Authorities cannot prove the dog trapped inside the house ate David's right hand, both of Kamel's hands, and their daughter's right arm, since dog feces tests were never done. Authorities did not know about a bullet that rolled out of a living room carpet until they were notified by the cleaning company, two days after the bodies were found. That bullet would later be tied to Rania Crowley. Authorities did not see the bullet hole in the living room ceiling or the bullet in the attic above until they questioned David's friend a month after the bodies were found. Authorities did not find a motive to support their accusations against David Crowley. Authorities did not find David's blood on any of the bullets at the crime scene. Authorities do not know when David, Kamel, and Rania Crowley died. What we know for sure is that David Crowley has not been proven guilty. And welcome back to the Gray Stage Podcast. I'm Greg Fernandez Jr., going to be bringing you this special little bonus episode discussing the 2013 Gray State script. Now this is a very interesting script, as I'm sure many of you have figured out by now. Very different from the 2014 scripts. You can find that script right now in the files of the Justice for David Crowley and Family Facebook group, and you can also find that on my website if you go to thegraystage.wordpress.com Scroll down to the bottom of the page. You'll find a bunch of documents, photos, uh, anything relevant to this case. And um, as always, we'll be adding more documentation as we get more documentation, hopefully. So the latest thing that we got was the 2013 Gray Stage, Gray State script. And this was co-written by David Crowley, and by Danny August Mason. The date on it is June 2nd, 2013. Now you can compare this script to the other script and see it is completely different. I think this 2013 script is very close to the 2012 trailer. Whereas I think the 2014 script, the May 12th, 2014 script, is nothing, pretty much nothing like the 2012 trailer. So that's my take on it. So much stuff here. So many characters. Um, 
two main characters, the character of Daniel and the character of John Wink. Those are the two main characters in this script, in the 2013 script that we're going to be talking about here. Lots of anti... I don't even know if anti-Christian would be the best way, but definitely pro-Satanic, pro-demonic elements um, from the from the villains. I mean, it's not from the main characters until the end. Until the end. It reminded me of 1984, where everybody kept telling me, you got to read this book, you got to read this book, 1984. I read it, and I was like, that's it? Where is the payoff? Where is the... You know, I went through all of this stuff. It just left me with a bad feeling. And that's not what I want to get when I see see movies. Um, so I understand what they were doing. It was life, real life, whatever. Still a fictional story, still a fictional script with fictional characters. And a very spiritual or anti-spiritual film is what I thought. Now... Oh, there's just so much. Every time I think about it and I want to talk about it, I get a little flustered just because there's so much that I want to cover. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Well, we're going to miss some stuff. And this is just going to be a brief little talk about this because we do plan on doing an in-depth dis- discussion um, about this script, several of them. So this is just a little precursor to that, a little preview of that. So... In the 2014 script, Danny August Mason's character, John Wink, is not in that script. He's a big presence in the 2013 script. Not as big as I thought. I thought he was going to be more of a presence. It's really about Daniel. And if you've seen the 2012 movie trailer, then uh, the character of Daniel is basically Charles Hubble. That's who the character is. There's some interesting villains in this. Simeon one is kind of running all of this who uh, turns out to be Daniel's father is possessed into some satanic de- demonic weird stuff that again there's really no payoff here so I figured well okay they're putting in all these anti-Christian themes I'm expecting some Christian to walk in or something some type of pro-Christian ending or something and we don't get that with this 2013 script yeah, there's no payoff it just gets weirder. Uh, the guy that's supposed to be the hero kind of becomes the villain and ends up um, working with the main villain of Simeon. But it's the Simeon's right-hand man who goes by the name of Dragon, D-R-A-G-A-N. That's the character that was the most important in this whole thing. It was like a handler. And it was a person who wasn't a person. Something very supernatural, very evil about this person that could turn in to a shapeshifter, almost. Not human. Not solely human, definitely. Same with Simeon. Simeon gets shot at the Bohemian Grove and lives. He's fine. And after a while, you wouldn't even know that he got shot. So it's very supernatural in an anti-Christian way. I just thought that the only thing that was missing was some Christian to come in. And that's what I was expecting, Daniel. But no, 
His character doesn't roll like that. John Wayne, nope, his character doesn't roll like that either. So I'm just we're kind of left with this um, weird ending, this dark ending where things get darker. And I believe in a good movie and a good script. I just have my own views on it. That you know, I want to see what what I want to see as a fan, as a movie fan. And it's not what I saw here. Now, people who have looked at the crime scene photos uh, in the BCA crime scene photos have seen the Bohemian Grove Owl inside David's office. And it's a big part of this script. It's the centerpiece. I thought um, when these patriots go and basically storm Bohemian Grove and try to kill them all, basically. <laughs> all of these people in Druid costumes and these patriots go there to basically kill them. I was I was thinking, okay, this is where the script ends, but I noticed, oh no, there's still like another 50 or 60 pages here. So I thought that was going to come at the very end. Kind of feel, still feel like this this script, the 2013 script, could have been broken into two or three different parts, but it does not end well. But at the Bohemian Grove, a lot of weird things do happen there that I think um, are still very strange, still like a head scratcher. The ending is a complete head scratcher. So um, try not to spoil it too much, but at the same time, it's hard not to. So. If you haven't read that script, you may not want to listen to this yet. If you have, well, let's dive into it because we're going to be taking some deep dives into it. William Rail has uh, done um, a show on Twitch. I think just one show on the script so far. And I know we are planning on doing maybe another conference call or some other, um, some other show on focusing on several aspects of the 2012 of the 2013 script the the guillotine scene is there uh there's no freemason specifically mentioned but basically the simian character seems to be uh wearing the same clothing that the freemason is wearing in the 2012 trailer so i kind of associate those two characters very similar maybe not exactly the same but very similar in what they do i mean simian is not chopping people's heads off, but he is at the Bohemian Grove in this white robe. Um, And they're sacrificing a child, basically. And these patriots storm in and start shooting them up. And this dragon character, the the villain, who I believe is really the main villain, the the powerful villain, this shapeshifter, this beast-like character, a very satanic character, he... um, he protects Simeon, and they end up getting out of there. But a lot of people are killed. Of course, it's all blamed on these patriots who are terrorists from what they say. So it's an interesting script, but it just didn't have that payoff that I wanted. I guess that's my biggest point here. I wanted a payoff that just never came, never followed through. So I was a little frustrated with that. More than a little frustrated with that, but... The script itself, I believe, is 163 pages, maybe, something like that. And it's just, it's like 1984, so 
I'm really glad that David Crowley did change this script and change pretty much everything, all this spiritual stuff. It's like, if you're not going to put the Christian element in, don't put the anti-Christian stuff in. So hopefully that's what they what they realized. And I don't know if um, yeah, something happened between 2013 and 2014. Uh, on the Gray Stage YouTube channel, we're taking a look right now, actually live as I'm recording this. Um, we're looking at Gray State 2013, looking at some of the videos that were made there. And it's pretty interesting. If you look at the Gray State YouTube channel, David's YouTube channel, you know, for this film, for the, for the project, everything kind of ends. There's really no videos after December of 2013 until recently. There's one that was posted uh, way after David's death, I think in 2017, right around the time that Eric Nelson's Sloppymentary came out. So uh, Mason Hendricks was not really too happy about that, I think. And I think Sean Wright was probably not too happy about that. Danny, it's, uh, I think Danny Mason posted that. So there's still several of these Gray State guys that have access to the Gray State YouTube channel. But it's interesting where the channel pretty much ends. But you have all this concept footage, all this footage after the 2012 tra- trailer between um, 2013. And I'm still trying to kind of figure out, like, what are they filming this stuff for? Is this for another concept trailer? Is this going to be part of a film, a short film that they're making? Stuff that they can pitch to a Hollywood company, whatever it is, uh, all this stuff is not is not used because they go to several locations. So um, it's pretty interesting to kind of watch how all of this de- deteriorates. I don't know if that's the right word, the best word for it, but that's what's basically happening to the point where it in 2014, it's just pretty much David working on this from his own words from his own words so of course these other guys who have been working on this stuff since 2011 up to 2013 late 2013 are not going to be happy about that it's going to cause some strife it's going to cause some issues um that's that's normal i would think Welcome back to the Gray Stage Podcast. I'm Greg Fernandez Jr. I'm going to be bringing you this special little bonus episode discussing the 2013 Gray State script. Now, this is a very interesting script, as I'm sure many of you have figured out by now. Very different from the 2014 scripts. You can find that script right now in the files of the Justice for David Crowley and Family Facebook group. And you can also find that on my website if you go to thegraystage.wordpress.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. You'll find a bunch of documents, photos, uh, anything relevant to this case. And um, as always, we'll be adding more documentation as we get more documentation, hopefully. So... The latest thing that we got was the 2013 Gray Stage, Gray State script. And this was co-written by David Crowley and by Danny August Mason. The date on it is June 2nd, 
2013. Now you can compare this script to the other script and see it is completely different. I think this 2013 script is very close to the 2012 trailer. Whereas I think the 2014 script, the May 12, 2014 script, is nothing, pretty much nothing like the 2012 trailer. So that's my take on it. So much stuff here. So many characters. Um, two main characters. The character of Daniel and the character of John Wink. Those are the two main characters in this script, in the 2013 script that we're going to be talking about here. Lots of anti... I don't even know if anti-Christian would be the best way, but definitely pro-Satanic, pro-demonic elements um, from the from the villains. I mean, it's not from the main characters until the end. Until the end. It reminded me of 1984, where everybody kept telling me, you got to read this book, you got to read this book, 1984. I read it, and I was like, that's it? Where is the payoff? Where is the... You know, I went through all of this stuff. It just left me with a bad feeling. And that's not what I want to get when I see see movies. Um, so I understand what they were doing. It was life, real life, whatever. Still a fictional story, still a fictional script with fictional characters. And a very spiritual or anti-spiritual film is what I thought. Now... Oh, there's just so much. Every time I think about it and I want to talk about it, I get a little flustered just because there's so much that I want to cover. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Well, we're going to miss some stuff. And this is just going to be a brief little talk about this because we do plan on doing an in-depth dis- discussion um, about this script, several of them. So this is just a little precursor to that, a little preview of that. So... In the 2014 script, Danny August Mason's character, John Wink, is not in that script. He's a big presence in the 2013 script. Not as big as I thought. I thought he was going to be more of a presence. It's really about Daniel. And if you've seen the 2012 movie trailer, then uh, the character of Daniel is basically Charles Hubble. That's who the character is. There's some interesting villains in this. Simeon. The one who's kind of running all of this, who uh, turns out to be Daniel's father, is possessed into some satanic, de- demonic, weird stuff that, again, there's really no payoff here. So I figured, well, okay, they're putting in all these anti-Christian themes. I'm expecting some Christian to walk in or something, some type of pro-Christian ending or something. And we don't get that with this 2013 script. Yet there's no payoff. It just gets weirder. Uh, the guy that's supposed to be the hero kind of becomes the villain and ends up um, working with the main villain of Simeon. But it's the Simeon's right-hand man who goes by the name of Dragon, D-R-A-G-A-N. That's the character that was the most important in this whole thing. It was like a handler. And it was a person who wasn't a person. Something very supernatural, very evil about this person that could turn in to a shapeshifter, almost. 
not human. Not solely human, definitely. Same with Simeon. Simeon gets shot at the Bohemian Grove and lives. He's fine. And after a while, you wouldn't even know that he got shot. So it's very supernatural in an anti-Christian way. I just thought that the only thing that was missing was some Christian to come in. And that's what I was expecting Daniel, but no. His character doesn't roll like that. John Wayne, nope, his character doesn't roll like that either. So I'm just kind of left with this um, weird ending, this dark ending where things get darker. And I believe in a good movie and a good script. I just have my own views on it that, you know, I want to see what what I want to see as a fan, as a movie fan. And it's not what I saw here. Now... People who have looked at the crime scene photos uh, in the BCA crime scene photos have seen the Bohemian Grove owl inside David's office. And it's a big part of this script. It's the centerpiece. I thought um, when these patriots go and basically storm Bohemian Grove and try to kill them all, basically... (laughs) All of these people in Druid costumes and these patriots go there to basically kill them. I was I was thinking, okay, this is where the script ends. But I noticed, oh, no, there's still like another 50 or 60 pages here. So I thought that was going to come at the very end. Kind of feel, still feel like this, this script, the 2013 script, could have been broken into two or three different parts. But it does not end well. But at the Bohemian Grove, a lot of weird things do happen there that I think um, are still very strange. Still like a head-scratcher. The ending is a complete head-scratcher. So um, try not to spoil it too much, but at the same time, it's hard not to. So if you haven't read that script, you may not want to listen to this yet. If you have... Well, let's dive into it because we're going to be taking some deep dives into it. William Rail has uh, done um, a show on Twitch. I think just one show on the script so far. And I know we are planning on doing maybe another conference call or some other, um, some other show on focusing on several aspects of the, 2012, of the 2013 script. The, the guillotine scene is there. Uh, there's no Freemason specifically mentioned, but basically the Simeon character seems to be uh, wearing the same clothing that the Freemason is wearing in the 2012 trailer. So I kind of associate those two characters very similar. Maybe not exactly the same, but very similar in what they do. I mean, Simeon is not chopping people's heads off, but he is at the Bohemian Grove in this white robe. Um, and they're sacrificing a child, basically. And these patriots storm in and start shooting them up. And this dragon character, the, the villain, who I believe is really the main villain, the, the powerful villain, this shapeshifter, this beast-like character, the very satanic character, he, um, he protects Simeon, and they end up getting out of there but a lot of people are killed of course it's all blamed on these patriots who are terrorists from what they say so it's an interesting script but 
I just didn't have that payoff that I wanted. I guess that's my biggest point here. I wanted a payoff that just never came, never followed through. So I was a little frustrated with that. More than a little frustrated with that. But the script itself, I believe, is 163 pages, maybe. Something like that. And it's just, it's like 1984. So I, I'm really glad that David Crowley did change this script and change pretty much everything, all this spiritual stuff. It's like, if you're not going to put the Christian element in, don't put the anti-Christian stuff in. So hopefully that's what they what they realized. And I don't know if... Um, Something happened between 2013 and 2014. Uh, on the Gray Stage YouTube channel, we're taking a look right now, actually live as I'm recording this. Um, we're looking at Gray State 2013, looking at some of the videos that were made there. And it's pretty interesting. If you look at the Gray State YouTube channel, David's YouTube channel, you know, for this film, for the for the project, Everything kind of ends. There's really no videos after December of 2013 until recently. There's one that was posted uh, way after David's death, I think, in 2017, right around the time that Eric Nelson's Sloppy came out. So uh, Mason Hendricks was not really too happy about that, I think. And I think Sean Wright was probably not too happy about that. Danny, it's, uh, I think Danny Mason posted that. So there's still several of these Gray State guys that have access to the Gray State YouTube channel. But it's interesting where the channel pretty much ends. But you have all this concept footage, all this footage after the 2012 tra trailer between um, 2013. And I'm still trying to kind of figure out, like, what are they filming this stuff for? Is this for another concept? trailer is this going to be part of a film a short film that they're making stuff that they can pitch to a hollywood company whatever it is uh all this stuff is not is not used because they go to several locations so um it's pretty interesting to kind of watch how all of this De deteriorates. I don't know if that's the right word, the best word for it, but that's what's basically happening to the point where it in 2014, it's just pretty much David working on this from his own words. From his own words. So, of course, these other guys who have been working on this stuff since 2011 up to 2013, late 2013, are not going to be happy about that. It's going to cause some strife. It's going to cause some issues. Um, that's, that's normal, I would think. What isn't normal and has never been normal to me is just the way that the Gray State team, quote-unquote team, were so quick to just go along with the story, with the theory that David Crowley was guilty. Claiming that they, they knew that he was guilty. They didn't understand it for some reason, but they had to go dark, all this drama, all this stupid crap. But they were never able to really uh, show any proof that David Crowley was, was guilty. And as we've talked about many times, there's very little proof that even ties David Crowley's DNA to that crime scene. His blood is not um, is not on the bullet. His blood is there somewhere, 
but it's not on, on this bullet. It's not on any of the bullets found there. Pretty interesting stuff, but um, I can't really tell how deep into this. Let's see, this started three hours ago. So it's about, uh, right now we're kind of coming, uh, I think this is a, a four-hour video um, on my YouTube channel, The Gray Stage. And um, we're looking at a video that I titled David Crowley dash Gray State 2013. And to me, it's this is kind of the missing puzzle piece. There's something here that really needs to be looked at here. And this is going to help us under, understand what the rift was, where the drama was, what really happened to distance, where David felt that he had to distance himself from these guys at certain times and certain people, maybe not all of them, but in certain ways, too, he had to distance himself. They go on these location sh shoots, and then all that stops. Once David, it's like when when Dave, once David moves to ten fifty one Ramsdale Drive, a lot of things change, and you know I don't know exactly why or what or what's going on in his personal life at that time. Maybe he needs needs to spend more time with his wife and kids. Um, but at some point in two thousand fourteen, David gets his shot, and this is May of two thousand fourteen. He gets his shot there, so he had only been living at 1051 Ramsdale Drive for what, for six, six months. And then things rapidly change, rapidly change. The better for him, maybe not so much for these other guys, even though really anything that David does, any success that David has, all these guys that are part of these projects, I think they're all going to benefit from that. So... It's in their interest to me to for that, that David go and make this movie and make it a big success and all of that stuff. Think of all the spinoffs, all the things, different things that they could have done with it. Um, something is missing here. Something is missing between David Crowley and these Gray State guys. And I know there's a lot of theories and speculation, but I'm looking for um, just trying to note the factual stuff, just the factual stuff, that's all, as much as possible. And there is a lot of it, definitely. So we'll keep documenting that. Um, getting back to the script a little bit, I do hope people take the time to read it. Uh, one of our members, Yo Londi, found it on a, on a public site, on a public website, and we were able to, um, you know, at first we tried to download it and had all this weird malware-looking stuff and redirects and just very shady stuff, stuff that you shouldn't click on unless you have a very se secure server. Unless you have a Linux or you're operating through a v VPN, you do have to be very careful about what links you click on and stuff like that. But we took that chance. Some of us tried, and it was weird. I know I was unable to download it. I, um, so what we ended up doing was taking screenshots of every page. By the time that we took the screenshots of every page, William Rail and Sophia, they had it up. They had the PDF for everybody. Um, and then uh, we posted it into the group because I didn't want to leave the, the link that had malware. I didn't want our members to get the malware or anything like that. Um, Especially right now, it is tax season, so we've got to be really careful. 
about, you know, hackers and all that stuff. So, so once we got it uploaded, um, I think Sophia went back and checked the first link and the script was, was gone. So there's a couple of schools of thoughts on that, on why that could be. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. It could be somebody trying to help us. Uh, it could be somebody trying to hurt us. We don't really know. And personally, it's, you know, my focus is just I'm glad that we have the copy of the script because if we would have waited, it probably would have gotten pulled down. And maybe there's other things out there. Maybe there's other people out there helping us to try to get us some more of these documents that we can look at to to help us understand uh, what happened with David Crowley in those last years. The main thing between 2012 and and late 2014. Remember, David only lived at 1051 Ramsdale Drive for one year. That was it. And we've been looking into theories about was he going to move out of there or was he just going to set up shop, you know, keep his house in Apple Valley and also set up shop in Hollywood. Because if he was going to make this deal, and he had a deal, he had a deal. The deal was in works. Now, looking at Eric Nelson's film, you may not know that. May not be that clear. I don't know. I've only seen it a couple times. Um, Thankfully, we have patient members like Sophia who are going through it and looking at the A&E version of Eric Nelson's sloppy mentry and the Netflix version taking notes and she's she's deep into it now deep into all of that looking at that so I look forward to hearing some of her thoughts on that on a future show but I'm going to try to do more shows like this more of these little bonus shows uh, I used to do them on YouTube and I, I still can right now um, I need to get the gray stage YouTube channel up to 1000 Sub- subscribers before I can start doing the live streams while I'm driving. So until then, I'll be doing this <laughs> similar stuff like this. And once I figure out how I can get other people to kind of log in here and uh, join this recording, I think that'll that'll be fun. That'll be good. And um, we have so many great members out there helping us. So many new members too. Again, we're almost to four thousand members and climbing. Everything is climbing, you know. People are curious about what's happening here. Uh, Some of the other interesting stuff about the 2013 script is people wearing masks, drinking frappuccinos. That was a scene that really stood out. Um, The virus, a bioweapon, that type of stuff. Obviously, the false flags, but a lot of that stuff is... It, it could be related to COVID. I mean, without David even knowing it, 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 you can make those connections. It doesn't mean that David purposely made those connections or even Danny Mason, because this, this was his script too. And I do believe that this is a, I believe all three scripts that we have are genuine scripts. And if they're not, uh, I do hope somebody will, you know, come, come forward and show us some genuine scripts. The only, per- the only people who could come forth and say these aren't real scripts are people that have the real scripts. So we've been asking for them. And uh, finally, we got it. Because many people out there do have 
copy of the script, I think. We know the police do. We know some of the gray state goons do. Uh, David's dad probably does. So it's out there. So thank you to whoever, uh, whoever posted that onto that website. Except for the malware. And it's, what else was in there? I mean, it's, it's the Satan, the dragon character is a character I keep coming back to because it is one of the weirdest characters. It's, you know, it's a very demonic, anti-Christian type character. The whole script, the 2013 script is very anti-Christian. There's a serpentine, obviously they're doing human sacrifice, uh, but this main, the main character, Daniel, is actually battling a demon within himself, a female demon, which is pretty interesting. Uh, the rapture is mentioned a couple times. But regarding the female demon, too, um, this reminds us of Kamel's quote-unquote rapture that is briefly mentioned. Probably looks like it's edited and taken out of context, too. It would be nice to listen to the whole thing where she's recounting to David a paranormal ex experience where something is speaking through her and it, it sounds like it is a, a female telling them you have to come here I cannot come to you blah 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 um, this weird that weird stuff like that and they try to tie that into David they had the 2014 script um, stayed the course of the 2013 script, maybe it would have been a little more relevant. It would have made a little more sense to some people, but we got the 2014 scripts first. Uh, you can clearly see none of that is in there. So anyways, this Dan in the 2013 script, this Daniel character is battling a demon with within him that shows up a couple times, a physical man manifestation that we see as a viewer, as a, as a person reading the script, we see it, but um, this Daniel character doesn't. He knows there's something there, and at one point, towards the end, it gets really, really odd. After the Bohemian Grove stuff, it just gets really uh, dark and paranormal and sat satanic, all that. It, get, it just, like, they turn the volume up on all of that stuff. So what happens is this Daniel character actually feels his face and um, notices that it's not him. There's something else there. And through the whole script, he's like grabbing his, his head. A few times he talks and it's not his, his voice, which is a clear satanic thing. There's a demon inside of him that he's battling. Now the script at the end makes it seem like he beat this demon, but really that's not what, what happens. Not from my view, anyways. Because if he did, he would not end up in the last scene in a car with the Simeon character. After the Simeon character had uh, had the baby, had his baby cut out of the mother's womb. So Daniel is married, or is with this lady named Kelly. And this Kelly is really, um, you know, at, at the very end, Daniel and Kelly, they're kind of starving. They're kind of just waiting thing, things out. And she's she's pregnant, and at the end they both get beaten with a with a pipe. Blunt force trauma. 
And as this is happening, this Daniel character starts having this paranormal battle with this demon, this physical woman, um, this demon woman. But at some point, he notices that the baby has been cut out of Kelly's womb. And yet, at the end, he's in the car with this Simeon character who cut, who had the baby cut out, whether Simeon did it himself or had somebody else do it. That doesn't make sense. It's like the, the Daniel character gave in, gave up, and now kind of joined this. So to me, it's just a very weird satanic ending that is fear porn. When I finished the 2013 script, that's what I, that's what I thought. The same thing when I um, saw the 2012 trailer. It's fear porn. From my view, maybe, I don't know if they, I mean, I can't say that they meant to do it like that, but that's the way that I read it. That's the way that I interpreted this 2013 script. It gave me a new appreciation for the 2014 script, but the Bohemian Grove stuff was definitely fascinating. All right, good peeps, I'm going to shut this down for now. Hope you all have a great night. God bless you all, and until next time. A simple truth. It really is this simple. Either you believe David Crowley is innocent, or you believe he is guilty. If you believe David Crowley is guilty, you are wrong. If you believe David Crowley is innocent, you are right. It really is that simple. A United States Army veteran is dead. His wife and his five-year-old daughter are dead. A thorough investigation would only conclude with authorities admitting they lacked evidence to support their accusations. If authorities were to admit the case remains unsolved, they would also have to admit that the public may still be in danger. I am not able to solve this case. My interest is in forcing authorities to admit David Crowley is innocent. The reason they refuse to talk about this case is not because they are confident of David's guilt. They lack confidence in their allegations. Their department wishes to move on, but they are only lying to themselves. They must know the simple truth, and they need to publicly admit this. Their credibility depends on it now. The unspoken truth is that David is innocent until proven guilty. Why are authorities running from the simple truth? How long do they think they can run for? You cannot run from God. You cannot run from your nightmares. And you cannot run from the facts. Why would anyone want to? What could possibly motivate someone to try? If you cannot prove David Crowley guilty, then he remains innocent. It's as simple as that. So the resistance we face is disgusting. If David was guilty, the evidence would be right in our faces. If David was guilty, resistance to our questions would not exist. If David was guilty, facts would be evident. There are no facts to prove David guilty. There are only facts which prove David innocent. Hence the resistance to getting justice for David Crowley and family. Who cares? Do the people who closed this case and decided to not speak about it ever again really care? Do the friends who accused David Crowley of being guilty days after his body was found really care? Perhaps they only care about spreading the accusations of David's guilt instead of researching the facts of this case. They don't seem to care about the facts which prove David innocent. Truth is a simple thing. 
justice does not die. Facts prove David is innocent.